Well, I wanted to address real quick the fact that I am dressed up. I am wearing a suit, and it is for Mother's Day. I'm dressing up not just for the moms, but like I said, it's all women. And, 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 like, and, and the reason the tie is yellow is because yellow was my mother's favorite color. And, and so I'm wearing the tie in honor of my mom. She went to be with Jesus in, in 1982, and the suit is I'm just dressing up for the moms. Now, I know what somebody's going to ask because there's always one dude. There's always one dude. He's, he's single, and you're about to find out why he's single. Because he's always like, you're going to dress up for the dads? No. No, I'm not dressing up for the dad. In fact, on Father's Day, I wear a tank top and a trucker's hat um, and, and, and pants. But, but I wear a tank top and a trucker's hat. You think I'm kidding. You think I'm, I'm wearing a tank top that says, get her done. That's what I'm going to wear for Father's Day. But for the, for the moms, I, I wanted to dress up just, just for you. Um, I want to I ask you a question as, as a mom or as a woman in, in general. Because a lot of times on Mother's Day, we'll talk to moms and then women, like women that are not moms will kind of get left out. So this is like to all women. Do you feel the word that you would dis- use to describe yourself, the majority of the time, would be blessed? Now, I know the answer right now is yes, because you're, you're watching church or you're with your family. You're like, oh, I'm so blessed. I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about tomorrow afternoon when you can't find one of your kids. Like, are, are you blessed? Like, and just about every mom that I've ever talked to who is honest has left a child somewhere. Like, you, you went to Target, you came back, you had four when you left, you got back with three, and you had to go back and get the kid. So, so do you feel blessed? Do you feel like you are blessed by God the majority of the time. Because what I've discovered in church world, and I discovered this a long time ago, I went to this little charismatic church when I was about in 10th grade, and there was a girl I wanted to hang out with that went to the the church too. And um, her mom was a single mom, but she always came into the church. She was always put together. She always looked nice. Her jewelry was nice. Her makeup was nice. Um, we would be singing songs, and she raised her hands in the right spots because there's, there's, song, there's songs where it's the right place to raise your hand or whatever. I mean, she had it all together. And so I asked this girl, I was like, you know, you want to hang out? And she said, you need to ask my mom. And I said, okay. So I was like, can, can me and her hang out? And she said, oh, yeah, we would love to have you come hang out with us which was a problem because I didn't ask to hang out with them. I asked to hang out with her. Well, so I went over on a Saturday morning and went grocery shopping with the entire family. This was the date. This is the only time I ever saw this girl. And so as we're driving down the road, we're in the car, and the mom's in the front seat and the girl's here, and I'm in the back seat, so there's like nothing happening. And all of a sudden, the mom, out of nowhere, like I didn't see this coming, the mom went, Ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. Lord, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And I looked at the girl, and and she looked back at me, and I went, "Your your mom just counted backwards." And she said, "Oh no 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 no, don't worry about it. She's having a meltdown. She's gonna be fine." And I thought, a meltdown. This is the woman that's got it all together on Sundays. She raises her hand. The jewelry looks good. The makeup is perfect. How can a woman like that? have a meltdown, but we got her out of her spiritual comfort zone and saw that the meltdown, and I started thinking about my mom. My mama had meltdowns, and you, if you're a mom, you've had a meltdown too, probably this morning already at, at some point, but, I, but when my mom had a meltdown, she didn't count backwards. She just made an announcement. This was her announcement. I have had enough. 
Now, when that announcement was made, you just left the room. It didn't matter where, where, it didn't matter who was in the room. It didn't matter what you were doing. You left the room. And if you didn't, as a child, there was pain in your future. So when mama had enough, I'd had enough too. And I got out of the room. Every mom has a meltdown. Women in general have meltdowns because, because, let's be honest, of the pressure that our society places on you. I was in a grocery store the other day and I was walking past a magazine rack and I looked at the magazine rack and it said, get rid of your mom bod. And I was like, oh my God, that's so shameful to, to, to a woman who's, who's had a child. Like get rid of your mom. And that was on a national magazine. There's pressure on women to look a certain way. If you don't look this way, if you don't look like her, then you're not enough. There's pressure on moms. You got to have your house as clean as possible and your yard has to look immaculate and your car always has to be clean and your kids always have to make good grades and they always have to be perfect. There's so much pressure on women in general today in our society that when we circle back around to the original question, most ladies, if they were honest, would not say the the majority of the time you feel blessed. Because we're always, always, always comparing ourselves to someone else or what someone else says we should be in order to look successful. So my question today, my question today is real simple. Do you feel burdened or blessed? Would you say the majority of the time, not just as a mom, but as a woman in general, do you feel burdened or do you feel blessed? Because I've got a feeling, i got a feeling that there's a lot of people, and, and I'm especially talking to the ladies today, that feel way more burdened than you do blessed. And the reason I bring all that up is because I originally had a different message planned for today. But God, this, this past Monday, I sat down at my table to work on that message, and God was like, you're not preaching that message. I was like, oh, come on, God, this is good. He was like, no, it's not. Um, and it kind of completely changed my, th- my thoughts. And I feel like God spoke something into me, and it was so strong, and it's been building up all week long. I believe this is for somebody. I believe this is specifically for somebody. I believe you need to, and, and I'm real careful about saying stuff like this. I'm very careful. But it's been, it's something I felt like God spoke to me and it's been building all week long. This is for the the woman out there that over this past week, you have felt so burdened by the weight of the world that's weighing you down. And I believe God wants to say this to you. The blessing God is about to bring into your life is greater than the burdens you have had to carry. I believe that's for somebody today. That the blessing God is about to bring into your life is greater than the burdens you've had to carry. That I I can't do anything about the burdens because the burdens are there. The burdens were there and the burdens were real, but I believe that God's about to bring blessings that are gonna be so great that you will forget the burdens that are there right now. And I get this from a story in the Bible. Now, we're just going to hit highlights of it 
about a lady named Sarah who eventually becomes Sarah. Now, the first time we meet her in the scriptures is in Genesis chapter 11. And our introduction to her, this is something that I didn't notice for years, but our introduction to her is a little bit weird. It's just a little bit weird. Watch what happens in Genesis 11, verses 29 and 30. Meanwhile, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah. Now, just really quick to note, real quick to note, Sarah means quarrelsome. Quarrelsome. Do you know a quarrelsome woman? I mean, okay, that, that was just a hypothetical question. Nobody needs to point. Nobody needs to say anything. Just that was her, that was her name. We'll circle back to that, quarrelsome. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all what the Bible says. That's all I'm doing. Don't get mad. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Milcah and her sister Iscah, well, just weird names back then, right, were daughters of Nahor's brother Haran. So there's a little, 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 maybe a little inbreeding there. I don't know. It's, this just happened in, in, in like southern Israel. Um, but Sarah, <laughs> Sarah was unable to become pregnant and had no children. Now, I've told you before, one of the things as a pastor is I don't get to have a lot of normal conversations. I love normal conversations. One of the things as a pastor that happens to me, though, sometimes is I can be somewhere and people love to come up to me and just confess their sins. I can be standing in line at Target and people are like, hey, pastor, this is what I mean. I'm like, oh, wow, I don't believe I'd have said that out loud. But I, I, don't, I don't judge. I'm like, oh, okay. But what's even weirder, and, and people ask me all the time, you can't make this stuff up. It's so true. What's even weirder is when somebody comes up and introduces someone to you by their sin. For example, this has happened to me. This has happened to me in a public place. I'm standing, this, in fact, this happened to Target. I'm at Target, and a woman comes up to me and she goes, with her son. He's a teenager. And she goes, oh, Pastor P, it is so good to see you. I wanted to introduce you to my son. I caught him looking at porn this week. What do you do with that? Okay, good to meet child. Wow. You just, you know, no, 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 don't need a handshake, just a fist bump. Yeah, there we go. That's good, right? That's awkward. It's awkward. For me, it's like, Pastor P, I want you to meet my husband. He drinks too much. Okay? I, I see why. Because he's married to you. I'd probably drink too. That, I, don't, I don't say that out loud. I just think it, right? But people, it's weird when people identify you by your dysfunction. Can you imagine how that teenage son felt in that moment? Can you imagine how the husband felt? In that moment, when we get identified by our dysfunction, that's what's happening, though, in this story. We're told that Sarah was unable to become pregnant and had no children. She's identified by her dysfunction because in the ancient world, during this time period, a woman's value was tied solely to her ability to have children, specifically boys. And if a woman during this time period could not have a son, she was not considered to be of value in society. Something was wrong with her. Something was 
off with her. She was being cursed by God or the gods, no matter what religion they were. This was something that was sort of universal. So the very first time we're introduced to Sarah, which means quarrelsome, and, and, and I'll bet there was a fight going on. There was a fight going on in her spirit. There's a fight going on in her mind. What's wrong with me? I can't. Pre- it's not like she wasn't trying. It's not like she didn't know how the process took place. They had that figured out all the way back then. It's the, the Bible tells us she was unable to produce, and that's how she's identified to us, by her dysfunction. And there are so many people today watching that you've identified yourself or you've let other people identify yourself by the dysfunction that you had or you have. You're you're identified by the divorce, by the addiction, by that thing in the past or that season in the past or maybe by the way that you're, you're living currently. And it's dysfunctional. And, and you know it's messed up, just like we all know we've messed up. But that's where our identity is. I'm unable to be a good person. I'm unable to be a good mom. I'm unable to be a good wife. I'm unable to be a good person. I'm unable to follow Jesus. I'm unable. We're always telling ourselves what, our, what we're unable to do, and we allow, we allow our dysfunction to define us. That's why we feel burdened instead of blessed. But as the story goes on, Abraham or Abram, Sarah's husband, keeps having these really awesome encounters with God. And, and Sarah doesn't. She just gets to hear about them like from a, like secondhand information. In fact, the very next time Sarah is mentioned, This is what we're told about her in Genesis chapter 16, verse 1. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. Do we have to keep bringing this up? Is anybody dealing with something that as soon as you get past it, it seems like somebody else has got to bring it up? That's that that brings burdens. That makes us feel heavy. That makes us feel burdened. It's not like she wasn't trying. She was just unable. It's almost like she felt like she was ghosted by God. Have you ever been ghosted? You ever ghosted someone? This is a relatively new term. When I say new, like in it, wasn't, it didn't exist 20, 30 years ago. But ghosting is this. You're talking to somebody. You know, you're kind of interested in them. They're kind of interested in you. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? How's your mama and them? How's your mama and them? And it kind of progresses a little bit, maybe a phone call or whatever. And then one day, you text, hey, what's up? Nothing. Everything okay? Nothing. Getting worried about you? Nothing. All of a sudden, you notice you notice you're blocked. You don't know what you did. So you go to social media, you go to Facebook, you go to Instagram. They blocked you there too. You got you got ghosted. Now, some people feel that's exactly what happened with them and God. Like 
at one point, maybe things were going okay. But if you were to define how you felt today, you, you, you felt ghosted, like you're unable to, to bear what you need to bear. You're na- unable to do what you need to do, and he's just not there. And you know something good's coming, but it just seems to like never show up. Kind of like if you're in the pickup line at Zaxby's, right? I love Zaxby's. But when you, when you go to Zaxby's, you got to commit a full hour to get your food because I'm not convinced they even have the chickens in the restaurant. They have to go catch the chickens somewhere. It takes forever. And somebody's watching from Zaxby's going, I'm so offended. I work exactly. Well, fix the freaking problem, right? Chick-fil-A can get it done. Hello? Anyway, sorry. ADD moment. I just, I just know what it's like to feel like some people keep telling you, Something good's going to happen. Something good's going to happen. Something good's going to happen. You keep hanging in there. You keep fighting the good fight. And they go off to their perfect life, and you're stuck in the middle of the fight. I know what it's like to be there. I know what it feels like to to feel like the burden is always going to be greater than the blessing. In fact, I'm not even sure the blessing can come my way. If you feel like that, doesn't mean you're bad. It just confirms you're human. Now, Finally, finally, God speaks to Abraham or Abram about Sarah. And he says this, he says this, and this is interesting. He says in Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 to 16, then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarah, your wife. Now, let me pause real quick. When I was reading through this, I was like, why didn't God just speak straight to Sarah? Why did God have to speak to Abraham? Why did God have to tell Abraham and then Abraham have to go tell Sarah? Why couldn't God just tell Sarah and then it hit me? Sometimes God has to speak to us through other people because we can't hear him on our own. We have so tuned him out. We have so thought that he wants nothing good for us that if we're going to hear something good for us, it's going to have to come through somebody else. And that's why this is so important for us to wrap our minds around. So God said, I want to talk to you about your wife. She can't hear it right now because she's, by this time, she's, she's around 85 or 90 years old. Now, just a really quick fact, 85 to 90-year-old women usually don't become brand new mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, great-great-grandmothers, not mothers, right? Already getting your Social Security check when your kid's born. It's a little weird. And God said to Abraham, regarding Sarah, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarah. Sarah means, anybody remember what it means? It means quarrelsome. And Abram's like, thank God, I'm going to take that away. But watch this. Her name is no longer going to be Sarah. From now on, her name will be Sarah, which means princess. Sarah, Sarah means quarrelsome. Sarah means princess. This, this, this was hitting me yesterday so hard I, as I was continuing to study. Sarah means quarrelsome. She was always fighting for what she wanted. She was a fighter. She was getting in there. She was fighting. She was fighting. She was fighting. Let me ask you a question. What was she accomplishing by all that fighting? Nothing. Because the battle wasn't hers. 
Don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is so good. This is so good. I'm going to amen myself because uh, we only have a few people. This, is, th- this, this absolutely blew my mind. Sarah was fighting, but Sarah, a princess, you know what a princess has to do in order to make something happen? Speak it. She don't have to fight. A princess don't have to fight. A princess has to speak, and it happens. So when the enemy comes at you and goes, this is what you did, you don't have to fight him. You just got to speak. Just like Jesus spoke when he was tempted three times. No, 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 no. The Lord said, the Lord said, I am the head and not the tail. The Lord said, I am above and not beneath. The Lord said, I am blessed and not cursed. And Right here, God tells Abram, I'm going to change her name. And there's somebody here that needs to hear, God's about to change your name. God's about to change your name from burden to blessed. God's about to change your name from broken down to beautiful. God's about to change your name from distracted to to absolutely, positively, unbelievably, immeasurably more than you could ever imagine. God wants to change somebody's name because for too long, somebody watching today, you've found your identity in your fight, just like Sarah found her identity in her quarrel. But today's going to be the day where you stop finding your identity in your fight and you start finding your identity and who God called you to be. A princess who can speak to the enemy and, and, and say, that may be what I did, but that is not who I am. God sees me as his daughter. He delights in me. He thinks I'm awesome. He thinks I'm beautiful. So you can kiss my, okay, you, you got it. Everybody's got it. There we go. And he said, I will bless her. I will bless her because she's been burdened for far too long. I will bless her. Now, just so you know, it's been like 25 years since we first met her. I will bless her. And I will give you a son from her. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly. And she will become the mother, not the grandmother, but the mother of many nations, kings of nations will be among her descendants. Can, can, can you imagine? Can you imagine hearing this as Abram? Remember, Sarah couldn't hear it. It would have been hard for her to hear this because she thought she was going to carry this burden of being unable to do what God originally designed her to do for the rest of her life. So God's speaking to Abram, and God's telling him, God's pouring this into him. This is what what I'm going to do with your wife. I'm going to change her name. I'm going to change her circumstances. She's been without a son. Now she's going to have a son. Somebody needs to hear that not only is God going to change your name, he's about to change your circumstances. He's about to change your circumstances for greater. He's about to bring something into your life that you thought you would never have because you've been unable to produce it all your life. And God said, the reason you've been unable to produce it is so you could get to the point where you could just receive it for me. That's what God's trying to do in somebody's life today. But don't miss this. It's not always easy to believe God, is it? We, we take our Bible heroes and we make them to be these great, big, huge giants of the faith that always believed. But watch what happens. Then Abram bowed down to the ground, which is 
appropriate to do when God Almighty is speaking to you. Just bow down. I mean, this is like the part of the worship service where you're like in it. You got both hands up. You got, you got hurt worship face on. You know what hurt worship is? Hurt worship, if you've ever led worship, you look out and you know, hurt worship is when somebody's going, that's hurt worship. And you're just into it. you hurt worship. That's what, that's the term. It's not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying you look hurt. But watch this. He bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. Do you know you can be worshiping but not be real? It, it happens. If it happened to Abraham, I mean, it's happened to me. He's worshiping. He's got the outward part. Yeah, I believe. I believe. And inside, he's, he's laughing to himself. Then he asks a question that's legit. How could I become a father at the age of 100? That's a good question. That's not, a, that's not an illogical question. That's a legit question. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? In other words, Abram's like, listen, that is a man, God, you are amazing. Love what you did with like the sun, moon, the stars, creation, all that stuff. All, it's just beautiful. I'm not sure how this is going to happen. So on down in the next chapter, we see God show up. And finally, he needs to make sure that Sarah hears this. Because Abraham, he's not really believing it. By the, by the way, by the way, by the way, just li listen to this. Don't let other people laugh you out of the blessings that God wants to bring into your life. Don't let other people laugh you out of the blessings that God wants to bring into your life because Abraham is laughing right here. But a year from this, he's not laughing. He's holding a baby because God always does what he said he would do. Now watch this. This is a neat encounter. Some angels come to visit Abraham in, in chapter 18. They're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, this whole other thing where God like blew up a city. But we'll talk about that another place, another time. But, but they kind of circle back around to Sarah. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year. And your wife Sarah will have a son. So once again, God's confirming what he had said. In the, and that's one of the things when God is speaking blessings into our life. It'll be something that he's trying to confirm to us over and over and over again. It's not this just one-time shot. He wants to bring blessings into our life, the blessings that are greater than the burden, and he will continue to speak it over and over again in our life. Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. Now, Remember when Abraham, when he bowed down, but inside he was laughing? Watch this. So she laughed silently to herself. And that's what some people will do. We, we can't believe God wants to bring blessings because of our burden. She had carried this burden. Don't miss this. She had carried it for 90 years. For 90 years. Her identity had been unable to have children. And she finally got to the place 
where she could not accomplish what she really hoped for in her life on her own. The only way a 90-year-old had a child is if God gets involved. And maybe that's why you're at the place you are today. It's because you've been fighting to accomplish something this whole time. And God's just been wanting you to get to the place where you admit, I can't do this by myself. That doesn't mean you're weak. That means you're strong. Oh, God, I love this message so much. I might, I might actually go back and listen to it because it's, it's that good. All right, here we go. She laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? I, I read that. It was a little disturbing. I was like, mm, okay. I mean, I, I'm, just re- I'm just reading the Bible. That's all. Don't, I don't need an email from a woman going, you called her worn out. I just, just, she said that about herself. Thank you very much. Just take it up with God. And then she said this. This was kind of weird. Especially when my master, my husband, just wondering how many women call your husband master. Some of the men are like, preach on that. I ain't saying a word, dude. And you just on your own. I'd like if I walked into a house and the wife was like, master, come here. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to peace out. I don't even know what this is right here, but this is weird, all right? But that's that's what she she called him. It's in the Bible. I'm not saying it's, I'm just saying it's there. Um, Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? God's calling Abraham out. Like, why did Sarah laugh? By the way, why did you laugh? You remember that time you laughed? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, let me push the pause button. You know what I'm sure their answer was at the time? I don't know. Now, 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 if you're, if you're a church person or you're a Bible person, you're like, oh, no, 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 nothing's too hard for the Lord because we know that he took the children of Israel across the Red Sea and that David defeated Goliath and then Peter walked on the water and then Jesus rose from the grave and all that's true. But here's the deal. We're only in Genesis 18. None of that had happened yet. They couldn't go to 1 Samuel 17 and go, you know what? David beats Goliath every time. Praise God. No, nothing. They don't know. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Uh, you you want to say no because that's the right answer, especially if you're in church, but a 90-year-old having a baby? I don't know, God. I don't, I, I've carried this burden my whole life. Oh, don't miss this. Sarah probably th- said things like, this is just who I am. I'll never change. Might as well accept the fact that I just will never be blessed. Maybe that's where somebody is today. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I love this, verse 15. (laughs) Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. And that's where the story ends, right there. How awkward that would be. I didn't laugh. No, you did. And he just dropped the mic and walked off. She laughed because she thought it was impossible. But something happened between Abraham and Sarah 
God told Abraham, your wife's going to have a baby. And Sarah was told, you're going to have a baby. And at some point, at some point, even though you've carried the burden, Sarah, for 90 years, you got to take God at his word and take a step of faith. So in order to have a baby, what did Abraham and Sarah have to do? You don't have to type it into the comments. I can just imagine Sarah putting some candles in the tent and saying, Abraham... That's probably some that's probably the only thing some of y'all got out of the message right there. But 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 that happened. They had to take God at his word, right? That's the only way the baby comes about. Unless your name is Jesus. They had to take God at his word and take a step, maybe steps of faith. We don't know how long it took. But for 90 years, Sarah carried the burden. For 90 years, Sarah was looked down upon because of her dysfunction. For 90 years, Sarah felt forgotten by God. For 90 years, Sarah thought having a baby was impossible. But in Genesis chapter 21, verse 1 and 2, we're told the Lord kept his word for Sarah because God always keeps his word. God always delivers. God always comes through. God always does what he said he will do. And if he said it, you can take it to the bank because it's going to happen. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. God always comes through. So for the person out there, and I've been specifically speaking to the ladies today, but there could be men that are wrestling with us too. You felt the burden, and you felt it for so long, and you felt the burden is always going to be where your identity is found. Today, I want you to hear it once again, that the blessing God is about to bring into your life is greater than the burden you've had to carry. The blessing that God is about to bring into your life is greater than the burden you've had to carry. Sarah carried it for 90 years. For 90 years, she felt forgotten and alone. But then God showed up and blessed her with immeasurably more than all she could ever ask or imagine to the, to the point to today, today, the nation of Israel traces their roots back to Abraham and Sarah who gave birth to a kid at 90 years old. Nothing is impossible with God. That's why we sing that song, The Blessing, because that's, that's my prayer for all of us today watching this message. That we would understand that the burden in Christ will eventually become the blessing. The, the breakdown will eventually become the breakthrough. The predicament will lead to the promise being fulfilled. That's why I want us to focus on the words of that song as we sing it, because that's what God desires for our life. 
May his favor be upon you. May his favor, the favor of God, just like the favor of God was on Sarah. When the favor of God is on us, nothing is impossible. May his favor be on you. May his favor be on us. May his favor be on us. And a thousand generations and your family and your children. You know what? When we're blessed, when we're walking in blessing, we'll speak blessings over our kids. We'll speak purpose over our kids. We'll speak life over our kids. That's what somebody who's in blessing walks in. And their children and their children. May his presence go before you. God is with you today, right now, in this moment. If you feel overwhelmed, if you feel burdened, if you feel distressed, God is with you. That's the reason you're listening to this message, to remind you that you are not alone. He is behind you. He is beside you. He is around you.